This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. Hey, good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm the CEO of Best Money Moves, and I hang out on WGN from time to time. And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group. We're a retirement planning firm. We do everything from investment planning to income planning, estate and tax planning, and, of course, asset protection. So... If you want to talk with Tom, you want to ask us a question, you want to ask him a question, give us a call, 630-934-1855. You can also text us your questions, or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com and fill out the form, leave a message there, or download some of Tom's really amazing information. All right, so let's uh, recap the week a bit. It's been another interesting week. Stocks up, mm-hmm. stocks down. We got a report that the jobs opening in uh, job openings in February tumbled mm-hmm. below 10 million for the first time in nearly two years, which mm-hmm. in and of itself is sort of amazing. And then the news uh, from ADP that private payrolls only rose by 145,000 in March. That was well below expectations. Um, but economists are still saying on the positive side, there are many more jobs available than people searching for them. Mm-hmm. And then we heard from J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, who said that, hey, don't get too comfortable. There's still going to be a fallout from the banking crisis, and that could tip us into a recession. And mm-hmm. his feeling is the the whole banking stuff, which we have talked about, right? Silicon mm-hmm. Valley Bank and Credit Suisse and all the others. You know, he says it's not over yet and uh, there'll be repercussions from it for years to come. But he said nothing like 2008. Mm-hmm. We're not at 2008. So right. I, it was a lot of news this week. So what do you think, Tom? I, you know, <laughs> Where do you land on all of this? Well, you have to be careful. We've talked about it because it's just like every week we're kind of waiting for the next data point. What's going on? You know, CPI is next. What's that going to be? Retail sales or whatever it might be, GDP. And we go on and on and on. Unfortunately, because we're in this somewhat precarious position, um, where things are a little uh, shaky, I would say. I don't know if that's the best word, but you know, this economy, we have to be concerned about a number of things because, of course, we have inflation. We're dealing with that, and so there's some, uh, and the volatility of the market is reacting, of course. And so there's this angst, I think, on a lot of people's part. And I think you know, we have to take a look at. Let's break this down. What do you do? Okay, and mm-hmm. so. I, I want to separate, okay, those people that are not near retirement, those people, right, and you're contributing to a 401k plan or whatever you're contributing to, keep doing what you're doing, okay? I mean, we've talked about this before, at least. Studies have been done. Even in the worst periods of time, the, what I don't know if it was for, referred to as the lost decade from 2000 to 2010, Burton Melchior did a, did a study, and it showed that even – in a 10-year period where the S&P was actually negative over 10 years, almost never happens, by the way, mm-hmm. because of the tech bubble and the, and the financial, uh, the tech uh, dot-com bubble and all that and the financial. He, said, he showed that if you were doing these annual contributions, or I should say monthly or systematic contributions, you were actually up over that time. In fact, I think almost 5% per year. So let's just separate those. If you're nearing retirement or in retirement, hey, we really need to take a look at what do you own? Why do you own it, as Peter Lynch liked to say? Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, maybe some people are really not sure. They may have an old 401k, two IRAs, their spouse has some assets. And so I think, you know, 
at least I would say this much, you know, from a protection level, there are alternatives. It's not the Tina anymore. There are no alternatives. Or is that the right? I don't know. There is no alternative. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but there are alternatives now. You know, you can take some of your money and get some decent yield and get some principal protection. So maybe that's something you need to see. And I think it's an opportunity to say, I, I need to re- really revisit and look at my portfolio. Again, especially when you're the most vulnerable, either near or in retirement. So it's kind of interesting, the whole concept of the 20-year cycle. And I know we've talked about this before, and, mm-hmm. and I know you've just said it again, that there's never been a 20-year losing period mm-hmm. um, for stocks. And I'm thinking about my kids who are in their mid-20s, and they are like, Mom, we're down 5%. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think there's a whole okay. generation, right? I think there's a whole generation out there, and maybe even everybody, where we've just been so conditioned that everything is going to go up and up. It's as if we've forgotten what happened 15 mm-hmm. years ago in the Great Recession, and we've even forgotten what happened at the start of the pandemic because it bounced mm-hmm. back so fast. Mm-hmm. And if you think about going all the way back to 2000, you know, during that recession, you know, we, we haven't seen, we've seen a long climb back for jobs, although now there's plenty of jobs, um, but we haven't in a really long time seen it take a long time for the stock market to bounce back. It feels mm-hmm. like everything um, just kind of has bounced back so quickly. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? Is it, if we've got collective memory loss or something about this? Well, you know, this? This, this falls in that ca- that category of financial behavior, which is, you know, this whole study that's kind of... You know, I don't know how many years they've been doing it, but it's it's getting getting more and more traction where people have this short term memory. I mean, if you take a look at from 2009 after 2008, of course, to that bad year, 2009 yeah. all the way up to last, not including last year, the S and P averaged almost 16 percent a year. One down year, 2008 net was single digit. I mean, 2018 single digits. So you get conditions, and we used to remember. Do you remember the Fed put? The Fed put anytime, you know, they oh would just gosh, lower interest Oh, my gosh, I forgot rates. about that. Mm-hmm. And so there was this mentality of, oh, well, the Fed is just going to give them the low rates. The market will bounce back. We'll just continue to print money or whatever these things. Well, eventually, you cannot continue. You just can't continue to do that. And right. so that we just maybe some reality is hitting right here. And we have to understand. Now, again, when we talk about uh, your children, people that are much younger, hey, I, they have an experience. You know, technically, if you're of a certain age. You've never experienced, other than these past year or so, right. a down year, and right. very little. So, you know, I, I can appreciate that, but um, hopefully this will be a learning uh, experience for those that stick with it, continue to invest. And there are buying opportunities, of course, when the market comes down. But, um, again, I think the takeaway from a lot of this is, as much as possible, kind of understand what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, because when you can't stick to a plan and in the emotional behavior, again, getting back to that financial psychology, we've seen the average investor underperforms dramatically. And typically that's because we're sometimes our own worst enemy, right? And we get oh, in gosh, and we get yes. out. Mm-hmm. It's just like the NASDAQ is up 13, 14% year to date. Imagine that last year it was down more. So you say, I'm getting out of the NASDAQ. I'm getting into the Dow. Now the Dow is the worst performing index. It was the best one last year. So, again, we need to know what we're doing and have a plan. It always comes back to that. Yeah. No, you totally can't chase the returns. I mean, the very best thing you can do, I mean, it's very simple plan. People are like, what's the plan? The plan, dollar yep. cost average. Every month, every week, 
every quarter. You put in the same amount of money. When the market goes up, you're buying a little less, but you're happy. Absolutely. Market goes down, you're buying a lot more, <laughs> so you're happy. We want to focus on happy, happy investing. Happy <laughs> is good. Happy. And uncertainty is terrible. So it's. <laughs> All right, we have to take a short break when we come back. Um, a little bit about getting older, uh, so which all of us are doing, and some long-term care stuff. Coming up next on This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink of Best Money Moves. I'm here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can find us at 630-934-1855. If you've got a comment or you want to text us or you've got a question for Tom, 630-934-1855, or just go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, uh, I want to throw out a couple of statistics about growing older, which I know you and I both know because we talk about this offline. Um, First, a survey by MassMutual found that only 15% of Americans think they're ever going to need long-term care. Mm -hmm. The government, on the other hand, says at least 70% of us will likely need that care at some Mm -hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. And just as, you know, an example, and I've talked about my friend Bobby's mom, uh, she's 97 or 98, and <clears throat> she finally went into assisted living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's had long-term wow. care insurance for about 30 years. Uh, but anyway, so this is obviously, I mean, for her, she's getting the $110,000 a year to help defray the cost of this, which is amazing. Yeah. But, you know, typically, you know, a quor- at least a quarter of us who are seniors will go into um, some sort of, you know, rehab or assisted living, you know, at sure. any point in time in their retirement. It's so expensive today, like mm-hmm. outrageously expensive. And I know that people just don't think about it. I, let's We haven't talked about long-term care insurance in a mm-hmm. while, but I'm wondering kind of where you think we are and who you think really needs it is there like a sweet spot where you don't have enough assets so don't worry about it and you have so many assets you don't ever need to worry about it like where does that how does that work in your mind well that's certainly part of the equation you know i'm an investment advisor rep we do portfolio management we look at all of these things that's why i always say it's not about one thing whether it's creating income having investments that work for you but certainly this is part of that asset protection piece because when unforeseen events happen and all of a sudden, you have to come out of pocket. The state of Illinois, now this is nursing care. It might be a little less for home health care. But this was a nationwide uh, report, 87000 a year for nursing home care. So if I pose that question, what do you do if you have to come out of pocket even 50000 a year? And then, you know, how does that impact your retirement plan? So certainly, we can talk about this. Now, to your, your point, we can talk about a number. There's many things that come into this. And my mantra is always make informed decisions on what makes sense for you. Now, yes, there's options. You can private pay means you're gonna pay your own insurance costs. If you if you have the assets and if you have the income and maybe for you that may make sense. There's a certain so to your answer your question, Elise, yes, there are certain levels of income and assets where you're more likely to be able to private pay and pay for it. There's certain levels where you can say, well I can't you know, it's an expense. Yeah. Right? Are you going to have this insurance coverage. There's different ways to cover it, by the way. But, you know, am I going to pay for this and can I afford to pay for it? And then there's those, like you said, the sweet spot of how many assets do I need to protect? And so you really want to understand because most care 
the vast majority of care, and this is for Medicare.gov, most long-term care is not skilled care. It is not medical care. That's what the insurance pays for. Most of the care is what's called custodial or activities of daily living. That's the things that do not, and it's the vast, vast majority. I've seen studies that show over 90% of the cost is, you know, the dressing, the bathing, the helping around. That is not skilled care. Your health insurance does not cover that. And Mm -hmm. so we need to be aware of what covers what when we're taking a look at our care. And then also Medicaid does not come into play for the individual until your assets are spent down to 2000 So you will spend down assets. Now, if there's another spouse, it's the healthier spouse, I know they use different terms, can keep a certain number of assets, but you'll have to go down into their assets too. So there's a lot of things we want to consider. Does it make sense to buy some type of insurance you know, that provides that coverage like you were talking about with your friend? Because it's it, not necessarily about the risk, it's the consequences. Yeah, so there's, there's really a lot to sort of take in here. Uh, you know, Spending down your money all the way down to like whatever it is, $10,000 or $5,000 for Medicaid is going to be a reality for a lot of people in this country. I mean, if you've only got thirty or $40,000 saved for mm-hmm. retirement and you're living entirely off of Social Security, you know, Medicaid might be a, a, you know, a reasonable way for you to go. Don't worry about this. But if you've got... You know, somewhere between, let's say, a half a million dollars and, you know, maybe two or three million dollars, and there's two of you, you may be in that sweet spot. If you've got, you know, five million dollars and it's going to cost you in assisted living $150,000 a year, you know what? You can afford that for a while. Um, And, you know, most people only need assisted, this kind of assisted living thing. They don't live there for 20 years. You know, they Mm -hmm. don't need that kind of. Um, you know, care and expense. And so, you know, you can get that covered. So it, it is interesting. I, I just, we have a couple of minutes left in the segment. And if you could just talk through a couple of the different types mm-hmm. of long-term care insurance policies, the things that you see are best in class, what people should be sure. looking for, that'd be really helpful. Yeah. And I'll just make one other comment too. Anyone that wants us to run a report, we can for that. It just, it's a really nice report that explains and gives you some information so you can make a good, best decision as you can, at least inform. But getting to the options, the one option is the, I like, I sometimes call it the in vanilla. You pay for a policy that gives you a daily benefit. For example, $150 a day for, for a term, three years, five years. You could do it $500 a day for 10 years. Obviously, that's going to be more expensive. So the idea there is you purchase something that makes sense with an inflation rider. So it can basically give you, let's say, 60000 a year of coverage because if you do the, the math there, mm-hmm. $150 a day. So maybe it gives you that. That's what you pay an annual premium for. Find out the cost. It might make sense, and you work that into your budget, right? The other possibility is that life insurance companies now have policies where they allow you to spend the death benefit for long-term care. And so if you have long-term care needs, and let's say you have a half a million dollar life insurance policy, you can start spending the death benefit to pay for your care during your lifetime. And to the extent you don't go through it, it goes to your your children and grandchildren or your spouse. And if you never use it, the whole thing goes. So this is some options, again, understand how they work, but this is at least you're saying, look, if I don't use it, I don't lose it. So sometimes that's more palatable for people. Yeah, no, I think it is. I mean, there's just so many new products Mm -hmm. that are coming out there that uh, I think it's really helpful to get a whole deep dive into sort of what's there. And I love that you can actually help people and run a long-term care need report. Is that kind of what it is? You're going to assess their need. Based on their health and so on. It gives them a very good, clear perspective. It's a pretty thorough report. So 
it's just helpful in this decision process and maybe clearing up some questions you may have. Oh, I think that's great. So if you uh, want Tom to run that on you and your life, uh, or your wife, uh, life or wife, 630-934-1855. Give him a call or just go to alphawealthgroup.com and you can set up an appointment. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes with um, a question that came up this week and more information for you on your money on This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink. I'm the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can give us a call, 630-934-1855. Go to alphawealthgroup.com and you can leave us a message there as well. Um, okay, Tom, so there was this uh, advice column on mm-hmm. Market Watch, which is a financial <clears throat> website that I peruse every now and again, mm-hmm. and they fielded a question from this 64-year-old guy who's about a year from retirement, and he saved up $850,000, which is awesome. He's going to get 5000 a month from Social Security and pensions. He owns his house outright. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He owe, he owes about 165,000 left in his house. Mm-hmm. His question is: Do you pay off the mortgage before retiring? And the mm-hmm. reason I wanted to talk about this is there are so many people who now have refinanced their loans to these ultra low, mm-hmm. under four percent loans, and in fact. I think the last number I saw from Mortgage Bankers Association was something like 85 or 95 percent of all mortgage holders are below four percent, and a good 75 percent mm-hmm. are at uh, like two and a half percent. So if you've got a loan for two and a half percent, should you pay that off? And what if it's higher? And what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to this. It's kind of like doing a diagnosis for someone you, you see on TV or something, but right, you need more information. But we can make some general comments. I mean, this person is basically saying when they retire, they're going to have $60,000 of income coming in, and they owe 165000 on their home. Should they draw from the savings of 850000 to pay that off? My general answer, and certainly to your point, Elisa, if it's a very low interest rate, but my general answer is usually you don't want to do that because you're taking this whole, this chunk of money, 165000 which is a large portion of your savings, you're paying off the home. That's money you can no longer use, you have no access to. It's a cash flow thing versus this lump sum of money. That's mm-hmm. part of it. And there's, again, there's more to it than that. The other thing, is, which is not mentioned in this, is, is that 850000 in a tax-deferred account? That makes it even more uh, or less, right. I guess, um, sensible to do that. I've had someone, they called in one time for a show, we came in, and they had actually taken their whole, which I didn't talk to them before this, I would have not advised them to, but they took, like I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, paid all the tax on it to pay off a mortgage. So, Ugh. yeah, that's a big one. And so... <laughs> yeah, that that just breaks my heart, that kind of move, because... You can make extra payments, right? I mean, what would you, what do yeah. you think about that? Oh, I like extra payments. I'm okay. Listen, if you can take a 30-year loan and make an extra payment a year and pay it off in 21 or 22 years, great. I mean, if you can make two extra payments and pay it off in 15 years, you probably should refinance to a lower interest rate in a 15-year loan, right? Yeah. Would you? So it's more dramatic, I think, than people think. Do you agree with that as far as making these extra payments and reducing the length of the loan? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for most people, they don't even realize the power of it. It's like it's like the power of compounding, but you're mm-hmm. making compounding work for you when you prepay a mortgage. Yeah. And by the way, it works the same way with any debt. And the higher the interest rate, so think credit card or auto loan, the faster you end up paying it off, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't have this higher level of interest. So on a credit card debt right now, where you might be paying 20, 22, 28% because interest rates have jacked up so much, mm-hmm. you know, prepaying... It just makes more sense than ever. Yeah, so I guess the happy medium, and I get it, it's tough because people, you know, there's a financial answer to paying off your home and there's an emotional answer, right? Yeah, right. And so I really want this paid off. So how about we meet in the middle? Like we said, maybe make these extra payments. It's going to make you feel better. You're going to get to your goal, you know, a little quicker, and but then also you're going to have the assets and the and the funds that are available to you for your retirement. So yeah, no, I think you're much better off. I, I thought this for a long time. You know, people think, okay, I'm 65 or 67, and I'm done. And so then you're like, okay, I'm done. So I need to like cash out. Mm-hmm. Never, never a good idea. You know, much better idea. And I'm sure you're the you're actually the perfect person to weigh in on this, Tom. You know, my thing is, listen, you know. If you want to make a, a chunk of payment to your mortgage, fine. You want to have mm-hmm. it, you know, once right. once during a mortgage, you can have it kind of reconstituted. And if you paid off, let's say, 100000 of it, it would reconstitute and they would tell you, you know, you have a much lower monthly payment now. Fine. I, that's okay. But really what you should do is just take out the money you need to live on or your, you know, your whatever required minimum amount that the mm-hmm. government requires and add that to what you're doing and live off that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a very yeah. legitimate way to make sure you're keeping your bills paid. And if you've got a mortgage at two and a half percent, it's like you're not paying interest at all. So mm-hmm. why would you just prepay principal? Even even prepaying the loan at that interest rate to me doesn't feel smart unless you can't sleep at all. That's true. Right. So that's why I say there's that emotional and then there's a the financial answer and maybe you can find a happy medium where you're 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 feeling better and you can sleep. And I think these companies are pretty helpful. You can call your mortgage and say, what if I did this? Can you tell me what the impact would be? And I think they can give you the answers so you'll have a, a clear picture of the numbers. Yeah, I mean, for this guy, you've got 165000 on the house. You mm-hmm. know, okay, so maybe your monthly payment, including, you know, you have to take taxes out of it because a lot of people have taxes built into their mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. So if you, let's just imagine that his monthly payment is like, say, Fifteen hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so that's eighteen thousand a year. He's getting in five thousand a month, so it's sixty thousand. That's you know that's a pretty hefty chunk of what he's living on. Okay, so take twenty thousand out of your eight hundred and fifty thousand, cash that out. Let's assume it's pre-tax. Pay your taxes on it. Mm-hmm. So take twenty-five. You're going to pay what ten in taxes. You've got fifteen thousand dollars. That almost is your mortgage payment mm-hmm. for the year. Sure. And then you yep. just live on the rest. And you know what? You can do okay with that. Yeah, there are some smart ways to come at this. And I think a lot of options that are available to people rather than yeah, just doing and a big it, lump sum. And, and I think at the bottom line, and we've said this so much, you have to know what you're spending. And you mm-hmm. have to know what you're spending in retirement. And what you think you're spending today as a working person, you know, driving around and going to the office and doing whatever you're doing, probably not what you're going to be spending when you're done. And it might be more for the first few years, and then it'll be less, but you really have to think through what those expenses look like so you have some idea of how to plan, so you can get a plan. That's it. So Tom can get a plan for you. (laughs) 
financial organization. We talk about it all the time. I know, but you know what? It's it's so hard for people to do. I don't know. It is. Because you, maybe because you can't imagine, you don't know what you don't know. Like I think about retirement and I'm like, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm buying a plane ticket to New Zealand and I'm taking the trip I've put off now for you know my whole life. I can't wait to go and do the Lord of the Rings tour. Now everybody knows way more about me than they need to. But, <laughs> you know, I know that's going to be an expensive trip, but I also know I'm going to come back and then I'm going to like have a different kind of a life. So there's yeah. those one-time expenses and then there's the ongoing things and you have to use your imagination and guess what if you if you're conservative that means you're overestimating your expenses and you end up spending less. Bully for you. Go back to mm-hmm. New Zealand. I agree. I agree. All right, we're going to take a short break. Uh, When we come back, believe it or not, we have more information for you. Give Tom a call or me a call, both of us a call, 630-934-1855. Go to alphawealthgroup.com. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group, 630-934-1855. You can call or text. Happy to see either, answer your questions, have a comment, some feedback, all good, or go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, it looks like uh, higher interest rates might be around a little while longer. And Mm -hmm. as we were just talking about, that's pushed up the cost of everything. Mortgages are... Geez, they're way high, you know, six and a half to seven percent, uh, a little north of that, depending on your on your credit score. Car prices uh, are up, and then the more the uh, car le- loan that you need to buy that car is up. Um, that's kind of putting the kibosh on a for a lot of people on car buying. Um, so that's interesting. And then, of course, credit cards are going mm-hmm. up. So then OPEC announced uh, last week it's going to throttle oil production just to raise the cost of fuel again. So we were talking about budgeting, you know, just Mm -hmm. a few minutes ago and how important it is for retirement. But I think there are a lot of listeners right now who are sort of in the throes of it and wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, how they can find a little extra dough uh, every single week. Mm -hmm. And so we haven't talked about this in a while, but I was wondering if you want to go back and forth with some of our favorite ways <laughs> okay. to save money and then uh, well, I guess some of the, th- the trip to New Zealand is out <laughs> well you know there's I can always watch uh, I forgot that guy yeah. on PBS who just went there I can watch him go to New Zealand I guess <laughs> pop in a, I don't, they don't do that anymore I guess it's some, watch a streaming of Lord of the Rings and yeah yeah and, I'm just going to do Lord of the Rings trip to New Zealand right thing. there you go okay so I can't go to New Zealand um uh, but you know, throw. Do you got? We have one or two of well, your favorite ways to save, or what are you thinking about when you think of, when clients come in and they're they really need to think about this? Well, there's small items. I mean, me personally, of course, eating out. You know, I bring a lunch. I eat at the in the office. I mean, I personally for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's much cheaper. I can get what I want. I just can't waste the time. To me, I just that whole going out and eating. First of all, the costs. Forget it. And, um, you know, the time uh, of it. So I, I always, I don't think there's brown bags anymore, but I'll use the phrase, I brown bag it mm-hmm. uh, for lunch. I think that's something that definitely, you, you mean, you add that stuff up over just a week. 
You know? Oh, it's crazy, right? Because you know, just getting a sandwich these days is, mm-hmm. you know, I was I saw this <laughs> ad for McDonald's. Do you remember when there was like a dollar McDonald meal? The dollar menu they had. The dollar menu, right? And now it's like the five dollar <clears throat> menu. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I did the same thing. I mean, for years when I had my office, I would you know cart all of our leftovers to the office. Uh, once a week, somebody would take a turn, and we would make some sort of I don't know. Everybody would bring something. We kind of have like mm-hmm. an office lunch party, and then everybody would eat the leftovers. You know, but I I think people just underestimate that kind of stuff. The cost of takeout. Eating out, mm-hmm. um, I, I and I get liking to eat out. Although right now, like you, it's the time it takes, and you know, I yeah. just, I you know, watching my weight always, and you know that kind of stuff. But I also think there's another hidden issue that's really costing people a lot of money, and that's the cost of high deductible health care plans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, companies. You know, ten, fifteen years ago, almost nobody had a high deductible health care plan. Well. Mm-hmm. Now, most companies offer it. I think it's well over 70, 80% of companies do. And so, not only are you paying your premiums every month, but if you have a high deductible health care plan mm-hmm. and a family of four, the first seven or $8,000 of costs might be on you. Mm-hmm. Cash out of pocket. Well, that's yeah. a big chunk if you're only making seventy or $80,000 a year. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, so, unfortunately, we have to deal with these health care costs. Um, I mean, you'd like to say... Because you're in a high deductible, you can take advantage of the HSA. For those of you that can't hear what you're saying, try to save money. But if you do have a high deductible, you can contribute to a health savings account, which is a tax-deductible contribution. It grows tax-free, and you can use it tax-free down the road. So just just an aside on that point. No, I, I think that's that. no, that's a great point, I, and I think it's important to do. The other thing I would say to you is if you haven't ever tried out GoodRx or there's a new one, Prescriptives, mm-hmm. uh, pres- PR... P-R-Y-S-C-R-Y-P-T. You know, it's like that funny spelling of everything Mm -hmm. these days. Anyway, both of those companies um, allow you to get discounted prescriptions. I use them uh, for myself, and I'm amazed that they are – it's like they're negotiating because we have a high-deductible health care plan at our company – um, and so I think the first, whatever it is, my out-of-pocket is 3000 or 3250 mm-hmm. or something. And I use it because instead of paying, um, you know, $300 a month for a prescription, it might be $30 a month for a prescription, mm-hmm. right? And it's, yeah. it's just that kind of a different price. They're getting the price that insurance companies get. So you pay it, but you're paying, you know, a whole lot sure. less. Yeah, those so, things add up. Yeah, that's a yeah. Good, that's good advice. So that totally adds up. You know, then there's little stuff like, you know, I know for a long time with the pandemic, nobody wanted to get back on public transportation. But listen, between the fact that, you know, COVID is over, people really aren't riding the trains quite as much. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Depends which train line you're on, I guess. Mm-hmm. But think about public transportation, especially now that they're messing with 94 and that's going to be like a three-year project for 1994. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the traffic's hellacious. And so getting on a train not only makes more sense, but it might save you some money, especially if gas prices go up. Yeah. Or, I guess, the old carpool, right? <laughs> ah, carpools are good. Well, goes, I don't know. That seems like it's so yesterday, but, you know, if it's possible. I guess yeah, and especially are- if you have free parking. Mm-hmm. Parking's a big deal if you're oh, heading yeah. downtown. Right. And there's a lot of people who, you know, if you're 
driving around the suburbs, you can't mm-hmm. take public transportation necessarily. Um, so another one of my favorite things, ways to save money. And, you know, I started doing this because I'm on a different, you know, radio show I did a hundred years ago. Somebody called in and said this. Um, you know, they go to restaurants, they like eating at restaurants, but they don't drink anymore. No alcohol, no non-alcoholic beverages, because it adds about 30% to your sure. bill. Yeah. And <clears throat> I like to mention that because I like to eat out um, and, you know, my kids do the pre-party, right? Mm-hmm. They they sit around, they buy beer and then they sit around and then they go, you know, to, a, to the restaurant after or the club after so they drink less sure. of the 15 to $20 drinks, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one, because of course, again, the whole atmosphere of being out, you want to enjoy your dinner, and then maybe you have a drink prior to the dinner. Yeah, but that's that. You're right. Those are things that um, all of these things add up. I mean, it it it's interesting when you think about this. Imagine if you did four or five of these things, but um, it, you know, it make a big difference. But it gets back to as you said, at least. I think really knowing there's a discovery, and we talked about this with these organizers, whether it's the asset organizer or the budget worksheets. Once you start putting numbers down and you put pencil to paper, you are going to be surprised. So if there's any if there's a takeaway from today's, you know we have those available. I can get those out to you, those worksheets. But just commit yourself. Say I'm going to write down. You know we can email them to you, so you can fill them in. You can change them, update them. You're going to discover things you were probably unaware of, and you know what? It, it when we talk about these other things, uh, these to try to save money, it's just all going to play together and fit together, and I think it's going to put you in a better spot, certainly. Yeah, I think, and there's another point to be made there too, Tom, which is that let's say you just want to do this as an exercise. Maybe you're not really short of cash, but you want to do it as an exercise to see, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on with your budget. Like, where could you find? Maybe you can find an extra $1,000 a month or $100 a week in your budget. I mean, Tom, you gotta, there's a bunch of things you could do with that, right? Oh, well, obviously. I mean, you can, <laughs> here's, your, you, here's your cue, a few ideas for our <laughs> listeners. The big thing is, of course, you can invest it. And even if you say, I'm going to take some of this and invest it, I will pay myself first, and then I'll take some of it and I'll enjoy it. You can reward yourself over time. That's a good thing, too. But all of these things are just positive. I mean, one thing begets another. You become more engaged, as we've talked about this many times, at least anytime you do these things, you start to, and it's the same thing, the shark take thing we've said before, know your numbers. You start knowing these things. Um, it just makes a big difference overall in just your overall planning and, and the things that uh, you're able to accomplish. Yeah, I, th- I just think there's so, I, I would rather not waste my money. I'd rather spend it on things like New Zealand. <laughs> Clearly, I'm in, New Zealand is in some part of my future. I just don't know where. But, you know, what's your New Zealand? Think about that. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather spend your money on whatever it is that's going to truly bring joy to your life? And maybe it's visiting a relative you haven't seen in a while. Maybe it's seeing your kids or your grandkids. Maybe it's giving them a gift. I mean, there's so many things to go. So anyway, hope this helps. Um, if you've got some feedback for us, uh, if you've got some questions, you want Tom to walk through your budget with you, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Tom, next week is tax day. Uh, it's coming up, nine days mm-hmm. to go. Uh, we're going to do tax next week on the show. Hope you can tune in. Um, and I hope, Tom, you have a great week. 
You too, Lisa. <laughs> Thanks so much. Right. And thank you so much for listening to us on This Week in Wealth. Don't forget to check out our past episodes at WGNRadio.com. You can find me at BestMoneyMoves.com. And you can find Tom at AlphaWealthGroup.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's 720 WGN. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois. Tom Fortino and Alpha Wealth Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.